This podcast is not here for those people that are trying to stay out of last place. Because those consequences don't exist for the people that are listening to this podcast. These are the people that always end up in the playoffs but can't seem to get over that hump. Or the ones who just want to dominate year after year just to show everybody else they're the champions. Guys, this is a fantasy football intervention. And we're about to intervene with your fantasy football life. Welcome on into Fantasy Intervention once again, guys. Get excited for another episode. I did want to apologize to you guys because I did end up missing out on the previous DFS episode for Saturday. However, if you do follow us on Facebook, we talked about it. We actually did a live show for Fantasy Football Discussion and went through and answered all sorts of crazy questions for all those people out there. I hope I steered you guys in the right direction. I hope you guys ended up winning some money because of it. However, this was a crazy, crazy weekend. For football, especially for fantasy. I mean, Aaron Rodgers going off throwing five touchdowns. Marvin Jones Jr. having four touchdowns. Chase Edmonds having three touchdowns. Matthew Stafford having four touchdowns. I mean, Latavius Murray went off. There was all sorts of crazy stuff that did happen this past week. So we're going to go over that in tomorrow's episode. In today's episode, we're doing a DFS episode. That's right, DFS, Daily Fantasy Sports episode for tonight's game. So what I do is I break down the two teams, I break down the statistics, and I tell you exactly what you should be looking for if you play DFS. This is not an opinion-based show, so hey, I'm not going to be mad, just go ahead and skip on this episode, but if you like statistics and you like breakdowns of individual teams, this is the episode for you. So let's go ahead and get this one started, and this one was a little bit easier than some of the other ones I've had to do so far this year, but still has a little bit of trickery in there and a little bit of deceit. They've played four times in the past 12 games. Four times in the past 12 regular season games. Uh, Well, 11 for the Jets, I guess, because of that bye week. I was able to take some recency bias and apply it to that. However, this is a different Jets team, and this is definitely a different New England team than what they've played in the past. And the biggest thing I had to look at was the injury history for these games. And the Jets have just been torn up when it came to injuries in most of these games so far in the past. I mean, the one they played in earlier this season, Sam Darnold missed out on the game. C.J. Mosley missed out. Quentin Williams missed out. All three of those players should be playing this week. I'm not exactly sure what's going on with Herndon. We'll talk about it in a little bit. We're going to flip the script for this one, however, because New England is actually extremely, extremely beat up this week. Three guys, or actually four guys, if you include Michael Bennett, are out, and five are questionable. Michael Bennett got into a screaming match with, I believe, the defensive line coordinator, or one of the coaches for New England, and is actually suspended this week. Gordon's out, Izzo's out, Matt Lacoste is out, Edelman is expected to play, Dorsett is still questionable, uh, the other wide receiver, <laughs> I have a tough time saying his name, uh, Olsuski, I think, I'm not too sure. Burkhead is definitely going to be out for this game. I forgot about that one. He is ruled out so far. At least that's what Rotowire is saying right now. And then Patrick Chung is questionable. So, obviously, New England is extremely, extremely beat up. The Jets are coming back a lot healthier. The only guy that they could end up missing this game, or the only guy that they're expecting to miss this game, is Osamile, the offensive lineman. So, this creates a little bit of an easier path to tell where New England's going to go because they only have, I believe, three healthy wide receivers. If you don't include Matt Slater, who hasn't caught a pass since 2011 and is just their special teams ace. 
we're only looking at Edelman, Dorsett, and Jacoby Myers. On the tight end side of things, they only have two tight ends, and one is pretty much a blocking tight end. The other one is Ben Watson, who Tom Brady loves, so that was a little bit easier to distinguish as well. The only tough part of this match was judging the running backs, but then Burkhead ended up going out, so I did all this research, and then I saw recently the Burkhead was ruled out, so if he is out, and Roto-Wire is correct, then this makes this matchup a hell of a lot easier to tell where they're going to end up going. So, let's go ahead and break it down on the Patriots side first. And Edelman has had an insane, an insane connection with Tom Brady when it comes to the Jets. I wanted to go through and just kind of track exactly how great he's been, so I went a little bit further back than just the past few games. But he's posted a five receptions for 54 yards, eight receptions for 83 yards, five receptions for 89 yards, four receptions for 84 yards and a touchdown, five receptions for 69 yards and a touchdown, and then seven receptions for 62 yards and a touchdown. In PPR leagues, that means that he's had over 10 points in every single game guaranteed. His worst game is 54 yards. His second worst game would be 83 yards without a touchdown. I mean, that's sick, that's just dirty. He is just abusing, abusing Brian Poole. Like, it's brutal. You have to play Edelman this week. Edelman is a must, must play. But back to Tom Brady. In the past three games up against the New York Jets, he's put up 306 yards and two touchdowns, 250 yards and four touchdowns, and the last one was 283 yards and two touchdowns. Guys, that's awesome. That's nuts. That's sick. You got to play Tom Brady, obviously, this week. I'm not worried about his wide receivers. I'm not worried about Josh Gordon being out. I think he'll be just fine. I think that the, uh, I think that the Patriots end up finding a way to get through it anyways, regardless of who his options are on the receiving end. Tom Brady has a big night tonight, under the spotlight, in prime time. You better believe Tom Brady is taking it home. Up next, we're looking at Jacoby Myers, who is going to be playing for Josh Gordon since Josh Gordon is out. And Jacoby Myers is extremely, extremely interesting because if Hairston is in, then that's an insanely, insanely advantageous matchup to Jacoby Myers. Hairston has been one of the worst cornerbacks in the NFL so far this year. However, he is potentially inactive. So then comes Tremaine Johnson, who was a huge disappointment last year, but he's actually been doing okay this year. He's actually graded out pretty well, being the number 37 overall ranked cornerback. And this is kind of what they were expecting when they got him from the Rams and signed him to a big contract, I believe, two off-seasons ago. So, Tremaine Johnson, like I said, is a little bit of an upgrade. Well, uh, I would say actually a lot more of an upgrade overall up against Harrison, but it still is a beatable matchup. I went down and I broke it down to the past few games, and Jacoby Myers, who is getting 57 snaps per game now, should get opportunity. He's going to be playing, like I said earlier, Josh Gordon's role. And when you look at Josh Gordon's role, it was split in the first game of the season last year up against the Jets. They ended up having seven catches on seven targets for 117 yards. For the second game, Josh Gordon played. He got 11 targets, had six catches for 64 yards. So obviously you want to see a little bigger conversion rate on those, tar on those targets. Hopefully Jacob Myers can provide that. Then this past game, Josh Gordon ended up having six catches on 11 targets again for a second time for 83 yards. And then Jacoby Myers ended up having two catches on three targets for 38 yards. So, there is opportunity there. Obviously, that's over 100 yards in two out of three games, but the biggest thing I was looking at was targets. 11 targets to that position. This could end up being a big, big game for Jacoby Myers if he can outplay Tremaine Johnson, but it would be even more massive if Harrison actually plays tonight. 
So keep an eye on that. I'm definitely gonna be playing Jacoby Myers in a lot more slots than I originally would if Hairston plays. Philip Dorff sets up next, and he has a really super juicy matchup up against Dale Roberts. And, but Dorsett actually led the team in snaps this past game up against the Jets in week three. Over the past three games with the Jets, he ended up having five catches for 31 yards on five targets for one touchdown. Then the second game of the season, he only had two catches for two targets on 10 yards. And then he was six for seven on this past game up against the Jets for 53 yards and a touchdown. So they really, really like to use Philip Dorsett up against the Jets, especially when it gives him opportunity to score. So Philip Dorsett with an extremely, extremely juicy matchup up against Dale Roberts is an extremely interesting play for me. I'm sure I'm gonna fit him into a few different lineups this upcoming game. We're gonna hop over to the tight ends now. And the tight ends, this is where it gets a little bit tricky because of the fact that neither one has actually played a regular season snap for the Patriots so far this season. When we look at Ben Watson and Tomlinson, However, Tomlinson is more of a blocking tight end than he is actually a receiving tight end. So Ben Watson, who Tom Brady loves, he went on a whole tangent when Ben Watson did get cut the first time from the Patriots, and then obviously he just got brought back. But Tom Brady ended up going on a huge rant about it, about how much he loved the guy and how much he loved the work ethic. So I think that Tom Brady makes a strong push for his guy, his go-to guy, to keep a roster spot on this team by throwing to him this upcoming week. So, Ben Watson is definitely a flyer, in my opinion, when it comes to starts tonight. Now, once again, the running backs get a little bit tricky. And the reason why I bring this up is the fact that they're all getting targets now. They're all getting passing opportunity. Week three, there were 11 total targets to the running back. So, I think there is opportunity for the running backs to produce. But thank God Rex Burkhead is actually out this game because that makes the waters a little bit less murky when it comes to opportunity. Start out with Sony Michelle. And since Burkhead has been out in the past two games, we've seen an increase in snaps for all the running backs as a whole. But Sony Michelle ended up getting 41 snaps two weeks ago and 38 snaps this past week. We've also seen a huge increase in targets for Sony Michelle as well. He ended up having six targets over the past two weeks. Well, it's ended up helping Sonny Michelle to get started, to get some momentum, because he's also had two runs of over 20 yards, which he hasn't done that all season up until this past two weeks. So obviously with Sonny Michelle and his ability to get into a groove has a huge effect on his output for fantasy. The only thing that scares me is his lack of red zone ability because they just don't give him the ball. He only had two plays inside the red zone this past week. That scares the shit out of me. It's been reducing every single week since week two. However, when we look at it, he actually had nine opportunities for him in the red zone. In week three up against the Patriots, six came in rushing, three came in the passing game. So that could be a tale for what's gonna happen this upcoming week. However, be a little bit cautious about that just because of the recency. Along with the fact that Quinnen Williams is coming back, and C.J. Mosley, they could both possibly be playing. That could be huge. Now, when we take a look back to what happened in previous matchups with these guys, we go back to week 12, and he went off in week 12. Had 21 rushes for 133 yards and a touchdown. Then, he ended up having 14 rushes for 50 yards in week 17. However, this past game in week three, he only had nine carries for 11 yards and a touchdown. But keep in mind, Rex Burkhead was in, and he was a complete hog that game. Ended up having, I believe, 11 carries for 47 yards and a touchdown while also having seven targets. Now, I know that James White is going to see part of that, but I think that Sony Michelle does get a portion of those targets this upcoming week. I'm guessing, I'm projecting that Sony Michelle 
has a huge, huge week this week, and I'm actually playing him in a bonus spot in a couple different places. I know that we haven't relied on that. We're, we're going with Tom Brady in the bonus spot and a lot, a lot of lineups, but if you want to take a shot and you want to have a chance to win that big money, I think that Sonny Michelle in the bonus spot is a smart, smart play. We look at James White, and James White, since Rick Bird has, has been out, has actually had an increased snap share up to 31 snaps per week. And that's been extremely, extremely promising. In the past three weeks, we've actually seen 28 total targets for Sonny Michelle. So he's getting that passing down work, which we expected him to get. However, he has no rushes whatsoever in the red zone so far. So I'm interested to see if they end up using Brandon Bolden again, which we'll talk about here in a second, or if Sonny Michelle gets the work, or if they end up trying to get James White somehow involved. So that makes an intriguing option, especially for the bonus spot, which not a lot of people are going to be playing James White in, just because of game script primarily. Last year, James White ended up having four rushes for 30 yards up against the Jets and nine rushes for 73 yards. So we know that James White can produce up against the Jets. He did miss week three, obviously. I think there was something going on with the birth of a baby in Florida or something. I don't know. But anyways, James White is a potential upside play this week. Brandon Bolden, the last guy we're going to talk about over here on the Patriots side. His most snaps so far this season are only 22 snaps. Two weeks ago, he had 11. Last week, he had 12. However, with those 12 snaps, he had six rushes in the red zone. There was another game that he played in where he only had a total of like five snaps, but three of those were rushes in the red zone. So, Brandon Bolden could be a potential spoiler. I'm not saying play him in a lot of lineups, but also you do have to mix him in in a couple just in case he ends up going off just like he did against the Giants last week. He's also extremely, extremely cheap, so... We're gonna flip over to the Jets side now. And the Jets are extremely, extremely interesting. Obviously, the past game, they just sucked. Pretty much this entire season sucked, but Sam Darnold hasn't been in. His first game back up against the Cowboys, he just went off. So far this season, he's taken six sacks in the two games that he's played in, but he still has 513 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. And he absolutely destroyed, destroyed the Cowboys last week. Struggled a little bit up against the Bills in week one. However, this is only his second game up against the Patriots so far in his career. His first game, they ended up losing 3-38 in Week 17, and he only threw the ball 28 times. They just couldn't move it. He was 16 for 28 for 167 yards. Obviously, that's not good. However, Sam Darnold is looking a lot more polished this year, and I think that Sam Darnold has a promising game this game up against a Patriots team that really hasn't played any strong offenses yet. So... I don't like the New York Jets offensive line, but I think with how much they're going to run the ball, I think it could set up Sam Darnold to have an efficient game. We're going to hop over to Robbie Anderson because that's probably what most people are wondering about. Should I play Robbie Anderson? I mean, hell, he went off last week, right? 125 yards, touchdown. He just played really great football up against the Cowboys. The only thing was, was the times that he was scoring and getting big yardage, he typically wasn't up against Byron Jones. He was up against their other cornerback. So, I don't think that's going to happen this week. I think that they're either going to stick Gilmore on him, which good luck with that, in single coverage, or they're going to end up just putting double coverage on him with McCordy and a safety over top. So it's, that's not looking promising for Robbie Anderson this week. Robbie Anderson up against the Patriots last year in week 12 ended up going 2 for 5 for 22 yards. In the game with Darnold, he was 3 for 8 for 24 yards. So he typically does not produce up against the Patriots. I don't see it happening this week either. The crazy part was in week 12, Anunua and Curse actually did really well. And then in week 17, the leading receiver was a guy named Dante Burnett. However, he was getting covered by some other guy, J.C. Johnson. I don't think that's going to happen this week for any player on the Jets that's on the outside. 
So Demarius Thomas is who we're going to talk about next. And if they end up double covering Anderson, that means that Gilmore is going to end up getting stuck one-on-one -on -one coverage with Demarius Thomas, who, hey, he did get two red zone targets last week, but I just don't like him in this matchup if he gets stuck with Gilmore. Even if he has McCourty, then he's still going to see McCourty plus a safety most likely. I'm not looking at Demarius Thomas as a start. However, he could be a back-end flyer with seeing some of those red zone targets last week. Obviously, Sam Darnold trusts him. Now, who I do trust to play on the Jets, my, one of my favorite plays outside of Le'Veon Bell, obviously, which Le'Veon Bell isn't even my favorite play because of how expensive he is. But Jamison Crowder is money. He is money. Him and Sam Darnold have this weird connection. We saw it in the preseason, and we saw it in week one and last week up against the Cowboys. He had 17 targets in week one and nine targets last week. Look for him to have another heavily targeted game this week up against Jonathan Jones, who's fast but lacks agility, which is Jamison Crowder's strong point. The Patriots love to take away different elements of each team's game. They're probably going to end up taking away the deep pass from the Jets, and they're probably going to try and take away Le'Veon Bell. We saw big games out of the slot from multiple different receivers. Juju Smith-Schuster was 6 for 78 that game. He played out of the slot for the majority of it. Beasley was 7 for 75. And then Golden Tate last week was 102 yards and a touchdown up against the slot position. I think that Jameson Crowder continues this trend that we see. And I, I don't think the Patriots are really too worried about it either. They're just going to keep everything in front of them. Look for, James, look for Jameson Crowder just to rack up targets, rack up receptions, and rack up yards. Maybe potential touchdown. We'll see about that. But Jamison Crowder is probably my favorite value play in this lineup. Don't forget, Gilmore does not travel to the slot whatsoever. He only played, I believe, 11% of snaps this season so far in the slot. Don't look for him to travel there. Ryan Griffin is up next. And this is if Herndon doesn't play. If Herndon plays, which I don't think he will, but if Herndon plays, you got to play Herndon. Sam Darnold does like tight ends. If Herndon plays, play Herndon. But if he doesn't, Ryan Griffin is still a decent option. On the plays where he's on the field, he runs around 68% of the time. He had three red zone targets last week. He did have three receptions on three targets as a whole and had a touchdown along with 28 yards, but this could end up being a huge, huge value play that, play, that pays off, especially up against the Patriots who haven't played a single good tight end. Sure, you can argue Vance McDonald or you can argue Knox. I don't consider them very good tight ends overall. Not saying that Ryan Griffin is one. However, I just think he has the opportunity to produce up against the Patriots this week. Last but not least, last guy I'm gonna end up covering here is Le'Veon Bell. And Le'Veon Bell is extremely, extremely interesting. In week one, with Sam Darnold on the field up against the Bills, he was 17 for 60. He ended up having six receptions on nine targets for 32 yards and a touchdown. Last week, he ended up having 14 carries for 50 yards and one touchdown, and still went one for one for three yards. So a little bit less productive, but I think that production can still come through in the passing game. Like I said, the Patriots take away that deep ball, which could allow Le'Veon Bell to get some pass opportunities out of the backfield. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell has not been great this season, but he hasn't been playing with very much talent on the field with him. So it makes it extremely, extremely tough to gauge how good he actually is and what his potential is. However, I did look at the Patriots defense and I wanted to break it down. So I did a little bit of research. And New England has actually kind of shown a few cracks in the run defense. Like, they haven't been extremely, extremely solid. They actually miss a tackle on every 5.7 attempts, which leads to them allowing 3.4 rushing yards after contact, which is huge for Le'Veon Bell. That's huge. That's where Le'Veon Bell eats. And although he hasn't been great with the juke rate and great with evaded tackles so far this season, he still ranks up there towards the top overall. 
I mean, he's number 11 in evaded tackles right now, having 25 of them. That's five per game. The best part is, is the fact that he's forced 33 missed tackles as a whole against teams that expect him to run. So they're loading up this box and he's still able to get out of bad situations. The juke rate, unfortunately, is only down at number 32, but I could see that increasing tremendously with defenses not able to load the box like they have. Back in 2017, he was number four. Number four, he had six evaded tackles per game. I expect that to be right around the same level. I think that Le'Veon Bell could end up having a breakout game against the Patriots defense, who, like we talked about, isn't as solid as what we've seen. New England's actually faced a league-low 28% of rushing attempts. So, I expect that increase. I think they're going to pound the rock away, and I think that Le'Veon Bell has potential for a huge, huge game this upcoming week. They want to keep Tom Brady off the field, and they want to avoid the Patriots' secondary. This is how they're going to do it. Now on to defenses. And defenses are a little bit interesting. I don't know if I would play a defense this week. I mean, you kind of have to a little bit, maybe play the Patriots defense. But still, I think it's going to be more of a shootout, to be honest with you. And I think it's going to be a decently high-scoring game. I know that you don't normally see that up against the Patriots, but I think that it has potential to do it with it being a division rival on a Monday night game. So, Patriots might be startable. I might have them in a couple different lineups. But I think it's going to be a little bit higher scoring than what Vegas is projecting. With that being said, guys, that's going to wrap it up for us. I told you this one was pretty easy overall. Hope you guys win some money tonight. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure, make sure you guys check out Fantasy Football Discussion. If you guys have any questions for us, go ahead and tag me, Chase Fernan, and I'll answer any kind of questions for you guys on the show. If you guys need to get your iPhones fixed and you guys are in Virginia Beach, go right off of Birdneck Road. Go to the iPhone, go to the iPhone repair store right there next to Scotty Quicks. Tell them Fantasy Intervention sent you. You'll get 10% off your repairs, guys. Get excited for that. If you guys want to listen to us, if you guys want to follow us, follow our content, you can go to facebook.com slash fantasy intervention. If you guys want to listen to us on any other platforms, we're available on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, CastBox. And don't forget, we do have our standard league episodes tomorrow. Once again, guys, I appreciate you all for listening. Thank you for letting me intervene with your fantasy football lives. Hey, my mom dope, my niggas is dope, switch up is dope, pick up is dope, they feeling away, they know I'm the That's how you bang a podcast.